What's up, everyone? If this is your first time joining our show, welcome to Third Shot Podcast. If you're a repeat listener, thanks so much for joining us again and for your continued support. We love it. Don't forget to subscribe or follow to our show on your favorite podcast platform. We're also on all of the social media, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Third Shot Podcast. You can also check us out on X at Third Shot Pod. Are you ready to get this show started? I'm I'm so excited. Take this shot today. (laughs) I am ready. I got my shot ready to go as well. Cheers to both of you. Cheers. Cheers. I noticed it's, that when we start, and I'm mm-hmm. always smiling, I thought to myself, why am I smiling so much? Oh, it's because I get to talk to two of you and I get to take my shot. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're smiling more uh, yeah. because of the shot. Yeah, well, that, yeah. that shot stung a little bit. Um, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So What's I was having lunch. Why? Having lunch earlier, and uh, I bit my tongue. Like, oh. the side of my tongue, and it, like kills still oh. i'm like i bite it and then i'm like chewing so i like have to finish chewing what i'm eating and it's just more and more painful as i'm going through it so if i'm talking a little funny or like yeah <laughs> it's it's not good i need like the the people from last week uh the pro band stuff do they right. make things for tongues because oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's called the rubber band the rubber band okay <laughs> just strap that on the tongue you'll be fine like you know the the oh, problem man. with biting your tongue is it swells up and then you bite it again right exactly well that's yes. that's the problem it's yeah. like swollen up right now so like okay what do i do so i guess i'll just keep taking shots while you guys are doing your interview today and we'll get through it <laughs> well, you just you have a rubber band don't you i do do i actually put a rubber band on my tongue okay i'll, I'll find one we'll see or just stuff your mouth full of ice and then you like ice it oh yeah that's true and then the swelling goes down and hopefully or maybe you this stop is a reason to it. like just eat ice cream like all night yeah right? okay well all i right. appreciate this that you're playing right. hurt with us today here yeah so. well that's the thing i'm playing <laughs> through the pain and yeah. and actually you know i was like doing this and i'm like do i like tell him i'm not going to do the podcast tonight because i'm not feeling great but then i am sure that at one point you both of you have paid like played through the pain in pickleball so that's the story i was going to ask also inspired by last week and that whole pro band thing right like you put on the the needed or or you know and 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 you just get out there and you just do it so yeah when when have you guys played through the pain on pickleball reggie well i think i shared the last time that i took a tumble in their most recent tournament that's right that's right so i was playing through some pain but when you're playing, your adrenaline is just, you know, it's spiked. And so I feel like that definitely helps with not even feeling like you're injured at the time. But then afterwards, it's, well, shoot, I probably shouldn't have done that. Right. <laughs> or you play for too long and your elbows hurting or your shoulders hurting. And then as soon as you finish, it starts, you, you know, tensing up. You feel the mm-hmm. muscles and the tendons and it's just, it's not as yeah. easy as it once was. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, we yeah. didn't we didn't tell the full story last week about your tumble though. Like you went hard, like <laughs> forward towards the net to get like a little a shot that went off the net and kind of like you know one of those things right where you're running full speed, leaning forward, 
you tripped over, you know, the, the post there, you hit the net, but you got the shot over. Like you got to the ball <laughs> and you actually hit a successful shot. And I think we would have won the point if the ref didn't call, you know, foul. Wow. Yeah, it was it was, it was unfortunate. I should have been a bit more graceful, but <laughs> I think this is because I got to tell the story when I was younger. I guess still now, I mean, my head probably grew too. But as a kid, I used to have like this really big bobblehead. And so my mom <laughs> was always afraid that I was going to fall over railings and stuff. So I was never allowed to go to the edge of a balcony <laughs> or like a cliff and look over because she thought my head was just going to draw my body down and just wow. go tumbling. And I guess she was right. That does happen. <laughs> Gravity so this, works. <laughs> so, so this reminds me, Reggie, when you were probably, how old were you when you first learned how to ride a bike? Oh, yes. Like four, I think. You were four. And we got so excited because we heard Reggie can ride a bike. So me and Auntie, we drove over, right? You're four years old. And we see, before we even get to the house, we see you riding your bike by the park, by your house. And you had the biggest, roundest bicycle helmet i've ever seen <laughs> it was my fish helmet i totally remember it. <laughs> it was the cutest thing because i see little four-year-old bridgie riding her bike with this big old like i don't know like this, I don't, this dome That's it was like, big on your head. Oh, oh man my gosh so this this is not a pickleball story but this reminds me when i was a little kid uh, I must have had a big head too because <laughs> we went we went model home shopping with my you know my parents took this to go look at homes and of course as a little kid dumb little Greg stuck his head through the railing oh no and could you got not stuck? get it back out <laughs> <laughs> I stuck it in and I oh, could man. It was like a monkey trap right you you can't get back out wow. Yeah, that was. How'd you uh, get it out? I I don't even remember how they. But I was I was stuck for a long time. <laughs> I remember just on my knees with my head and everybody walking through this open house, looking at what's this kid doing with his head through the railing. And I was yeah, I was, I was so stuck. funny. Wow, wow. I you know when I when I started talking about the tongue thing, I, I didn't think I'd get this. This many entertaining stories. I, I feel like I know you guys even better now. This is great. It's okay. So pickleball injuries. Oh, this wasn't an injury, but I've. This was a, the most scary moment that I've had. So I was at the kitchen and I was playing against this guy. They're 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 hitting the ball really hard, and I wear glasses when I play because I I, I need glasses. I don't have the best vision in the world. And the guy hit a drive. I'm at the kitchen and it clips off the top of the net. So kind of deflects a little higher. And I was ready to hit it kind of at my chest. And it deflected, mm -hmm. hit me right in the glasses. Like it, oh, my cap, the glasses, everything just goes oh. flying. And oh. like, you know, you kind of take inventory for a second and you're going, okay, yeah. do I still have my eyes? I'm like, can I still see? Right. Like oh. it, that was one of those scary moments. Like everybody's looking at me, going, "Are you all right? Are you all right?" Because I'm just like, "Where? Where is everybody?" Oh like, yeah, it was, that's it was wild. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Were yeah, you I hurt had... at all, or you were fine? I was fine. Good. Um, but I don't. Okay, so this is actually a question for the two of you. 
do you suggest that I actually get sport glasses? I just wear my normal glasses, either sunglasses or regular, you know, my regular reading glasses or whatever, when I play. Actually, they're not reading glasses. I see better distance with them. So what do you call those? They're not reading glasses. Um, glasses? Yeah. Doing bing glasses. <laughs> sure. Driving glasses? I don't know. So I have yeah, clear I, ones I, and I, mean, I have sunglasses. I was actually going to go there and say that you should actually get some sort of sports glasses because I was playing soccer one time with my kids mm -hmm. and the ball came up, hit me in the face. And I was just wearing regular sunglasses mm -hmm. and it got me, it, it got like went in like so deep and like near my eye didn't get in my eye but I, was, I like had this crazy cut like right next to my eye that like wow. every time i'd like blink it would hurt and all that i didn't have to you know like i didn't do the eye doctor thing or anything because it was outside of the eye but yeah it's it's dangerous I, I think you probably should if you're if you're planning on wearing glasses okay we yeah. need to get one of those companies on the on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we saw a, a a company over at the PPA that that does those sport glasses. So I was thinking about it. Yeah. But uh, when but when Russ was telling his story about the soccer ball hitting Bridgie, I was thinking of you because you got concussed, right, playing soccer. Oh, oh yeah, I'm like two concussions away from not being very bright. <laughs> 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 I had way too many concussions. I used to have to wear, they called it like a total 90 headband or had like cushions and stuff. Oh, I don't wow. know how, if that helped much, but yeah, headers. And I got cracked in the forehead. Like this girl headed me instead of the ball right in the middle. Oh, geez. I had this oh, huge, well, I blacked out. I was knocked over flat. Wow. That was probably the worst one I've gotten. Wow, you should have been wearing that helmet that you got when you were a kid. I actually, I think I found a photo of the of the the. Uh, let's see, is that is that it? Is that the helmet that you were wearing? Very when you were similar, the bike? But, but blue. Oh, okay. And that one looked a little small compared to the one that you used to wear. Yeah. Oh, that's no, too that funny. is so funny. Oh man, so Russ. Besides getting hit with the uh, soccer ball, have you ever had any sports injuries that? Um. There was, I, there's a, there's a few, uh, there, well, the, the other one, actually another soccer one, uh, I, it's totally like the ball kind of like, I just stepped over the ball, like, and it made me fall forward. So I tried to catch myself yeah. and I hit my, my finger and it was like, you know, like my, my ring finger, I hit the, and it like just totally sprained my finger. I'm like ah, this, that, that does not feel good for like three weeks it just was miserable like this is no good and then you know this is like playing with my kids and then you know baseball season comes around so i start throwing with my son and i reach up to catch the ball same finger oh. it was like six months of finger pain like that was that was no good that was That's not no cool good. yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah you know other random injuries I had one one time where I was playing football and I like slid and I hit my knee on the concrete and it looks like it was, we were playing on the uh, right next to the concrete and I like told, I mean, I should have gone to the doctor. However, there was this like shopping night. My mom worked at the mall and we were able to go to the shopping like right before Christmas and get these like sales on all these cool things. And I wanted some Legos. So <laughs> I went I like band-aided it myself. I poured like, you know, whatever alcohol on it or whatever to like wow. make it, you know, like just did it myself. No, I was like screaming and crying and stuff, but I needed to get those Legos. And I, I went and my mom was like, why are you limping? And I'm like, 
I'm not limping. Like, My whole life. Like, in pain <laughs> the entire time. The Legos are heavy. <laughs> so yeah i've had my share yeah uh, i think this is my first podcast injury though the uh the tongue thing here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well again we appreciate you playing her today all right thank you yeah thank you. So, i i'm not going to stick around for the interview as i don't because you know i'm pushing buttons and stuff but uh i'm kind of excited about this one you got a you got a cool one coming up here well you know we have talked to so many different people around the game of pickleball but we've never actually talked to somebody that's opening up their own pickleball venue oh. so and now actually based on what we were just talking about i'm thinking one of the questions we have to ask bridgie is what happens when somebody gets injured at one of these pickleball venues? Because if I, well, you know, whether I get hit in the face with my glasses on or you go crash into the ground going after <laughs> a short ball or something like that. I mean, what happens when somebody gets injured? So we're definitely going to ask this question and we have the right person to ask because we have Dan Papa Pickle Jenkins. Got to love that name. He is the franchisee of Pickleball Kingdom. And he'll be coming up when we come back from break. So come on back to Third Shot. Welcome back to Third Shot. We appreciate all the support that you've been providing us on social media. Please keep giving us your feedback and especially five stars. But follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at Third Shot Podcast, on X, at Third Shot Pod. And definitely go to... Um, youtube because we are on video now and you get to see all of our smiling faces including our guests dan papa pickle jenkins how you doing dan i'm great thanks thanks for having me of course thank you so much for being on our show and i think we're prepped we are ready to cheers oh, yeah. to pickleball kingdoms that's right congratulations on being the first franchisee Cheers Thanks to you. Very, very excited about it. Cheers. Yeah. Now we're ready. That's how now you got to start a show, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you're ready. <laughs> so with a name like Papa Pickle, you must have been in the pickleball game for some time now. So tell us, how did you get involved in the sport of pickleball? Well, that's a fun story. I was born and raised in the Northwest up uh, in, in Tacoma, Washington. And I was a camp counselor at a camp called Camp Seymour. And as you know, pickleball was founded on Bainbridge Island, which is about 20 minutes north of our camp. And they actually, I was talking to my brother the other day, and we think the courts were installed in the 70s, like in mid 70s. Wow. And I was a counselor there in, uh, in uh, the night, excuse me, the 80s, and started playing pickleball then. But wow. very casual. Nobody knew any skill. Nobody knew anything about the third shot drop. Nobody knew, you know, all the different ways of the shuffle at the kitchen line. They just knew to stay out of the kitchen. And so uh, it was very basic backyard sport back then. But then we had an annual uh, pickleball tournament at, during family camp, Labor Day family camp every year. And it became a very competitive experience. I ran, I won men's singles for many years in the 90s. Nice. And in 1999, we had the men's singles championship, the championship of the millennium. 
1999. Yours truly won. So I'm a champion of 1999. I'm not sure how many pickleball players can say that. (laughs) Yeah. So when, when, not many. Yeah, exactly. When did Papa Pickle turn, you know, become your nickname? Well, a good friend of mine and business partner in Seattle, uh, we're doing a project up there um, doing a houseboat community on Lake uh, Union, which is a whole other story. But he had we, we enjoy each other and come up with nicknames for each other. And he called me the big toe out of the movie Stripes, like Sergeant oh, Hope. Yeah, you guys sure. know that is. And so when I told him about my pickleball adventure, he came up with the name Papa Pickle. And so it stuck. And we have been running with it ever since. He even got me a paddle that said Papa Pickle on it. Uh, I don't have it with me, but yeah. Well, I have, uh, because I have watched the movie Stripes only a million times. I am glad they do not call you Big Toe because I don't want to know where that Big Toe goes. (laughs) (laughs) So I've transitioned from Big Toe to Papa Pickle in the last uh, year and a half. Great transition. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, you obviously had a lot of background playing pickleball since the 80s and you got really good in the 90s. How did you transition that into wanting to kind of start your own pickleball business? Well, I'm a commercial real estate developer by history or career. And we've been playing, uh, you know, we've been playing more and more over the years and taking lessons and played in Florida, played in California. And then recently here in Dallas, uh, we started playing again, getting involved. And the uh, pressure on indoor facilities or courts is enormous. And being a real estate developer, I looked at the situation. I said, there's got to be more facilities. How do we find more facilities for indoor pickleball? And, you know, that's kind of the way I think. So I mentioned it to a couple people at Lifetime. That's where you currently play. And uh, one lady in particular got a hold of it really, really aggressively. Started throwing me all kinds of websites to check out. Almost where I couldn't keep up. And one of them was Pickleball Kingdom. And I interviewed a few and uh, chose Pickleball Kingdom to be the best partner for a premier pickleball experience. What types of things were you looking for when you were um, asking them questions to kind of vet them? So um, uh, passion, vision, and capacity. I talked to a multiple of, uh, there's other players in the market, if you will, in the franchise model for indoor pickleball. And uh, I thought some of them had a great vision or excuse me, great passion uh, and great vision, but the capacity was lacking and um, the vision was lacking in terms of uh, potential business impact and potential mm-hmm. profits and potential uh, impact to the community. And then other people, the other per- person I spoke to didn't have the passion. They might've had the capacity but they didn't have the passion in the history of the game. As you know, as fellow pickleball players, it's a really community deal, right? Yeah. So there's people who've got a passion for pickleball. The internet's full of great memes of people with passionate pickleball. And they had more of a business sense. It was just heavy business. At Pickleball Kingdom, I think I found all three. I found the passion. Ace Rodriguez is amazingly passionate about it. He's a very focused and dedicated man. That's the founder of Pickleball Kingdom. And they had a great vision, uh, great vision in terms of the how they want to impact the country, literally the country, with a high quality indoor pickleball experience for everybody. And then, of course, he's got the uh, capacity to implement the vision. 
So I was very fond of their program. And I went to Chandler. I played at their facility in Chandler. And it's all the negative things you have with pickleball in terms of, you know, showing up and getting your paddles in line and long wait times and dirty courts. All those things are all eliminated. They've been working really hard at getting the system down to make right. a premium experience. And they've done a great job. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of their team. Well, actually, you kind of took the, the words right out of my mouth when you said systems, because I'm a business guy myself, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Russ and I, we've done business. We do a, a, we do a business podcast, DIY for business. So all the business people out there, check it out. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things we talk about is systems. So I'm curious from a point of view, what advantages with Pickleball Kingdom, the franchise, or bringing, what systems do they provide you? that helps you kind of launch, you know, your different locations? Well, I don't want to get too much into the secret sauce. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, really what they did over the year and a half that they developed their indoor facility is dial in a high quality play experience for beginners, intermediates and advanced people. And I think that's the, the, that culture of competition, but competition for everybody um, is an amazing, uh, high quality thing that I really like. You have to kind of be there to, to witness it and kind of experience, experience it. And, um, we're going to try to bring that same community experience that was there and bring it to, uh, Dallas, all of Dallas. Now, of course, there's the, the technology behind it that they're developing. That's their system that we're going to buy into and, and be a part of, uh, you know, that's, that's also uh, an important thing. And just backing up one further step, I'm a real estate developer by history. I don't have any operational experience. So it was super important for me to team up with a high quality uh, operator that could teach us and mentor us the, the systems and experience to open the business. Well, it sounds fantastic. And it sounds like you really chose a great team to work with. You had mentioned that Dallas is going to be where you're opening the franchise. Um, what are some of the specific locations and what are the expected opening dates? Because I'm sure there's tons of people just waiting in line already for these places to open. Yeah, we're, it's a really difficult real estate venture. These are big facilities. And there's a lot of cost and a lot of organization that goes into open up. But we're going to, with my real estate background, we're going to open them as quickly as possible. And our first location is under construction in Plano, Texas at 1301 Custer. And uh, we're on Instagram and our social media. We're doing daily posts on the progress. It's going to be a great facility. 15 courts. One thing that separates us also is we have a championship court, which is called King's Court. I'll get back to the rest of the locations in a second, but I have to have to mention this. You know, King's Court is anybody challenge anybody anytime, and the winner stays as long as they can. We're even going to have a leaderboard who stayed on the court the longest. So it's not one of those things where you have to get off the court after two wins or have to get off the court of one win. It's going to be anybody, challenge anybody, anytime. It's going to be a king's court. It's going to be a great competitive experience for uh, quality players. But anyway, that was I just had to throw that in. All of our facilities are going to have that king's court. But then I have a facility in Keller, Texas. This will be a ground-up facility that we're going to build. 
44,000 square feet, 17 wow. courts, including the King's Court. Wow. It's right in the heart of Keller, uh, Keller, Texas. I'm also working, and then in, in the works right now is I'm touring a facility in Fort Worth tomorrow. Um, when the press came out, I got contacted by a number of real estate developers that asked uh, if we'd be interested in looking at their locations. So we're going to go tour that facility in Fort Worth. There's a facility in Allen, Texas. There's a possibility in Prosper, Texas. And we're trying to find something uh, in the Irving area, uh, just north of downtown Dallas. And then, of course, there's Louisville and Capel. So we, we got our fingers everywhere. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're going to dominate Texas. Yes, that's the plan <laughs> for sure. Well, you know, you kind of went into the space that you're going to have and how many courts, but that doesn't really get into all the details of what the uh, player experience is going to be like. We got to take a quick little, I don't know, little break just so we can take another toast. But uh, I, I'm really curious to find out, you know, what that what the expectation is going to be like for the people. So uh, here's to our third shot. Because this is yeah. our favorite, this is our favorite segment of the show. Yeah. So, Papa Pickle, here's to you. Cheers. Cheers. Good shot. So, not only do you have the pickleball courts, but yes. what is the expectation going to be like? Because you'll probably have other things going on besides just pickleball, right? That's a loaded question. I could go on for a long time on that one. Well, go. <laughs> Let's go. Interactive. <laughs> But I can get going and just slow me down. Uh, but anyway, there's a couple things. One, we have enough courts to have uh, open play three times a day and still have room for reserved courts. So we have plenty of courts to be, allow both uh, player desires, if you will. So open play is three times a day, and we'll have beginner courts, intermediate courts, and advanced courts. And if you feel comfortable in your beginner court and you want to go experience the the next advanced, uh, intermediate court, go for it. But if you get blown away, then go back to beginner court. In today's most open or, or most other areas, you don't have that, uh, that kind of uh, qualification for court experience, if you will. So uh, that court experience at open play, and then at the same time having re reserved courts. Another key thing, and you know, pickleball is the fastest growing sport in America, as you know. There's a lot of people who have interest, but they're a little, little intimidated by showing up at a public court and trying to put their paddle out there. And some advanced guy doesn't want to take the time to teach them or they have to find a coach. And it's an awkward experience. We're going to eliminate that. We have for Pickleball One or Pickleball Kingdom offers a class called Pickleball 101. Free class. Uh, come in. We'll teach you the game. And when you're done with the class, you'll be able to go to the beginner court and have a great time. And that's uh, been hugely successful in Chandler. And we, again, plan to bring that here uh, into Dallas. Those are a couple of things. Then just one more, uh, we're gonna do corporate events and social events where we have community rooms, where we'll uh, they'll host and do their program. And then we'll teach everybody how to play, actually have a tournament, actually have trophies on the podium, whole corporate uh, ex experience for, that we'll offer as well. How fun. I really like the aspect of giving people that 101 lesson because there's been times where I try to drag my friends out 
who've never played before for just for the sake of trying to get them interested in the sport. And they always ask like, well, who else is going to be there? Like, do they know that I'm a beginner? They don't want to be the ones that people are slowing down their game for. So I think that's going to be really successful, especially that piece of teaching people. Yeah. We have a great uh, head coach uh, that's coming from Florida. That'll be uh, be manning the Plano location, but we'll have coaches available for all skill levels um at our facility well you mentioned that uh, for corporate events they you know you're gonna have tournaments are you gonna have just general tournaments for the public and and how about leagues yeah we're um that's still being developed not and you know with one facility when we get multiple facilities we'll absolutely be doing that and we'll have intercompany tournaments where you'll be the king of the king of king of dallas if you will by or queen of dallas if you will within our own organization, but we're still developing that stuff in terms of the operation. That's awesome. And I think now that we're talking about facilities and all the operations inside the building, I can ask our question from the beginning. Oh yeah. What happens if I were playing in there and I took a tumble and I needed first aid, would I be set? So that's a, you know, obviously we don't have any facility open yet. So we haven't had that experience. So the only thing I can uh, tell you is a repeat of a story that I heard from Chandler, um, Chandler, the Chandler operation. And again, from an operational perspective, we'll be bringing that to Dallas. But there was a man who uh, had a heart attack in the middle of play. Wow. Staff immediately did everything they were trained to do. They gave him CPR while they were waiting for the ambulance. He, uh, they got him in the ambulance. He went and had surgery, recovered, and came back and played pickleball. It was actually in the local news. Not the same thing, of course, but he, after he recovered. It was a huge, huge uh, event, obviously. And it got uh, local media attention, uh, significant local media attention. But they trained their staff to take care of those things. And for sure, our staff will be trained the exact same way. Yeah, that's reassuring because, you know, there's injuries that happen in any sport. You know, everything could be perfect. The condition could be perfect and, and something weird will happen and somebody will get injured. So, so I got, I got to ask you from a business. Yeah, go for it. It's because we have enough space. We also plan on teaming up with uh, physical therapists as well as stretching facilities. Oh, there's a company called Stretch Lab. Yeah. And they come out and stretch you on the tables. We're going to spend a lot of emphasis of injury prevention. So uh, pre-game stretching and post-game stretching will be part of our program in Dallas. Sorry, I've got my dog who's interrupting our podcast. That's okay. Bring him on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Special guest. Oh, my gosh. How this cute. Is, that's oh, Bruno. my. That's Bruno. He's eight years old. He's in charge. Bruno, he is Great. precious. If you're listening, you have to go to YouTube and check out Bruno. So he's got his own. I'm very naive or very uh, weak uh, social media person. This whole experience <laughs> is getting me out. My first Instagram account, his name is Bruno. He's on Instagram, but he doesn't have any followers. <laughs> oh, go follow Bruno. <laughs> go follow Bruno. Definitely. He's adorable. What what breed is he? Shih Tzu. He's a Shih Tzu. Yeah. Is he 100%? Yeah, 100%. What? He's just long-haired right now. Really cute. Really yeah. cute. Hey, I got a, a transition from Bruno to a business question for you because 
I've had my eye on a facility or on a location, you know, in, in Northern California. And I'm just wondering from, you know, you've gone through this process now, like what is required when you're looking at locations, what do you need? Like is, is height for ceilings, you know, obviously that would probably be something square footage. What, what do you, what are the requirements that you're looking at to determine whether a location is good for this or not? That's uh, you know, I feel like I'm getting in the secret sauce again. <laughs> but, That's what we do here. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ceiling height, of course. Uh, you got to have enough to have a lob, not a ridiculous lob, but a you know. So how high are we looking? Like thirty feet, fifty feet? What are we looking at? Well, I'll say our brand new facility will have twenty-eight foot ceilings. Twenty-eight. Okay. Mm -hmm. Our plan will be twenty-two. Now that okay. sounds slow. But it's actually pretty big. If you're doing a lob over 22 feet, you're not. It's going to be either straight up and straight down, or it's going to be out of bounds. Okay. So, um, and you know, I don't know. There's not. There's some lobbying that goes on, but not a ton of lobbying. But anyway, that's our. We definitely need higher ceilings. Definitely 20 plus for sure. Okay. Um, that's one. And then one of the reasons we're doing a ground up facility is because of the efficiency of space. So for example, uh, depending on the column layouts, you can have a real efficient layout of your 30 by 60 quarts, or it can be really inefficient. For example, in Plano, we have about 45,000 square feet and we have 15 quarts. In Keller, we're doing our grand up facility. We'll have 17 quarts in 44,000 square feet because mm -hmm. we can control where the column placement is, where, where the columns are, are located. Right. That's a that's a tricky thing. And then you've got to struggle with the demographics. You know, uh, you know, we want to keep it affordable. So you can't be, you know, in plus a plus a plus retail space, but you also don't want to be industrial space. And then on top of that, you got to deal with zoning. Does it have the right parking? Is it um, is it uh, parked enough? And, and will the use be allowed? So this venture turns into a real, a, a very large real estate uh, uh, play or, or challenge. It's a very challenged real estate play. So this may be a little bit more secret sauce, but <laughs> what would you tell people who are interested in opening their own pickleball venue? Call Pickleball Kingdom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And, we'll, and we, and I, or they, and us, will work, walk, walk you through it for sure. Pickleball Kingdoms are great in terms of franchise support. They're accessible, they're knowledgeable, and um, they work really hard. They have a brand to maintain, national brand. They just did the uh, Battle Paddle. I'm not sure if you're aware yeah. of it. Yeah. Was, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's been come out yet, but they have, they have uh, um, big plans for pickleball kingdom around the country they just launched they just signed a 20 unit deal in tennessee they just signed a 20 unit deal in uh new jersey and, and you got texas kind of you got texas right so you got three well, states you got arizona secret secret i bought five and i'm about ready to do 20. Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah, that's huge. So that's, no one knows that yet. So that's first on your podcast. Ooh, exclusive. That's exciting. That's exclusive first. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. 
Well, that's a big venture. 20 different locations. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't well, have to reveal this, but are they planning to be all be in Texas or are you spreading out? Up to 20, I should say. Up to 20. Okay. Yeah. We're going to manage that as we go. I mean, north of the DFW area has got about 9 million people. And so uh, you could definitely do 10 uh, throughout the DFW area. Okay. Well, if people want to learn more about your locations and what you're going on, how can they, you know, find more information out? Our website's uh, getting refined. <laughs> we're going to be, we're going to, we're going to be at the national tournament here in November. Right. And we'll have a big presence there, particularly on Wednesday and uh, Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, so we'll be there, but pickleball-ntx.com. Uh, our website will be refined by the tournament time. It's a little rough still, and we'll uh, be able to sign up for memberships as soon as uh, next week. Sounds wow, good. next we, week. Yeah, and we have to give a shout out to the ladies over at Twisted Pickle because they were the ones who introduced us, and they are just wonderful over there. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with the ladies <laughs> at Twisted Pickle. Well, I'm blown away by their experience. They come very uh, humbly with their uh, their talents. And I really didn't discover their talents until we spend a day, a video production day on the Plano site. So Ashley's got a lot of talent in production. And Suzanne's got a ton of talent in uh, operations and an organization of big companies. And they're passionate pickleball people. Um, and we've aligned very nicely. Their role with Pickleball Kingdom Dallas is going to be expanding. Excellent. Well, big shout out again to Twisted Pickle for everything that they're doing and for also putting us into contact with you. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you so much, Papa Pickle, for joining us today. <laughs> yes, thanks so much, Papa Pickle. I hope that Pickleball Kingdom makes its way out west a little bit to Las Vegas and maybe to Northern California. So Uncle Greg and I could also enjoy. Or are we just starting our own, Bridgie? What there you go. There you go. <laughs> right? Are we just, you know, we now we is got this the another exclusive over insight? Pickleball Kingdom. I think Papa Pickle can give us an intro. I can't give it an intro. That'd be great. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us. And thank you, all of you listeners, for joining us on Third Shot, where Bridgie and I will continue to share our pickleball journey. Special thanks to Papa Pickle for joining us and sharing his you know, his journey from back in the 80s doing camp counseling to being the uh, champion of all of uh, the world Millennium. in uh, 1999 and now starting his own pickleball venues in the pickleball kingdom. This is fantastic. So please uh, listen to this show uh, on all of our podcast uh, applications as well as watch it on YouTube. And you can support this by subscribing when you get to any one of those applications. And we will continue to have special guests just like Papa Pickle. So let's continue to share our enjoyment for the game and grow this pickleball community. See you next time on Third Shot Podcast. <laughs>